0: Hello world, my name is Hannah and this is my world where I am going to be humble, open, and transparent about my journey as the wife, the mom, and the boss. So the holidays are among us. In fact, Christmas is right around the corner. And I wanna to talk to you guys about traditions and what you do for your family. And what brought this to my like mind to have for a topic is I recently saw a gif or meme, whatever you call them. It was a picture of a woman sleeping soundly in her bed, and the words above it said, um, this is how I sleep, knowing that my house does not do Elf on the Shelf. Now, mind you, if any of you follow me on Instagram, you know that my house is a house that do- does <laughs> Elf on the Shelf, okay? Okay. I get joy out of it before I even get into the whole joy part of it for myself. I want to tell y'all how I felt about seeing this GIF and I was a little offended at first and I'm gonna explain why because I, was, I felt attacked <laughs> and I do realize that it was me taking on the offense um, that it was just a GIF. It was meant to be funny, you know, and make fun of those like myself who does Elf on the shelf and, you know, loses sleep or whatever and I don't lose sleep so that's not really true or accurate and I have stuff to say about that too but let me not jump the gun let me retract it back a little bit anyways I took offense to it and I took offense to it because I was just like how dare you how dare you talk about those of us who decide to make our kids happy with Elf on the Shelf (laughs) like I was really having this whole full blown out like going off on the person in my head but then the rational side of me was like, Hannah, calm down. Just like how you, you know, do what you wanna do in your house, that person does what they wanna do in their house. And if they're a house that is L-free, then that's their business. Just like how my house is my business, right? And I wanted to talk about that because it's like, what traditions out there do you do with your family that other people are like, oh, you, you team too much. Like, why are you doing all of that? And why do they care? Why do they care that you're choosing to do all of those things? Like, listen, my kids know all about the true meaning of Christmas. They know that it's mommy and daddy who buys their gifts. And truth be told, my mom told me, you know, who bought my gifts as well. I never really understood as a child growing up. Why people really believed in Santa Claus? Because I was like, don't your gifts say who they from? Like, why would Santa bring all those gifts to you? And then in my house, our gifts were already underneath the tree, so it wasn't that whole, oh, there's no gifts under the tree. Wake up Christmas morning, and there they are. That's not how it was in my house. So, you know, there was no like, oh my gosh, like there's a real Santa Claus, but. I give my mom and my dad credit because they allowed me to believe in the magic of Christmas to, you know, enjoy the festivities, enjoy the lights, enjoy the stories of Santa and the reindeer, sing the Christmas carols and the songs and all of that stuff. It was just great. I did not do Elf on the Shelf when I was a kid. I don't even know if Elf on the Shelf existed when I was a kid, but little things like that I didn't do. There are certain things from my childhood that I do continue on you know in our house like for example we always put up the Christmas tree the day after Thanksgiving not the day before you know not days later the day after Thanksgiving the tree went up like that is a tradition now one of the traditions that I did not carry over is as a child we just put whatever colors on the tree (laughs) You know, like you had the multicolored lights, the little ornaments that I would make at school would go up on the tree. Like it was just your average, you know, at home Christmas tree. You know what I'm saying? But as an adult, as a mom now, like, no, 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 there is no throw up whatever on the Christmas tree. Like my Christmas trees have themes. Uh, we're going to be color coordinated <laughs> like I want the tree that looks like the one inside of the mall okay and I have a friend who she actually used to dress the trees like that was one of her jobs back in the day and so she taught me how to properly yes I am saying that there is a proper way to decorate your tree but that's my business like you know Auntie Tab will say that's my business and that's yours you know, if you like to do the multicolor, that's what I used to do It as a child. As an adult, I don't do that anymore. And it's funny because Anthony was like, so when the kids start bringing home their ornaments that they make at school, where are they going to go? I was like, they're not going on my tree. He was like, Hannah, that's not right. I was like, but it doesn't go with the theme or the color scheme. I mean, if it does, I'll throw it up there. But if it doesn't, uh I'm sorry out of luck and he was like no that's not right so they used to go like on the back of the tree so that the kids could see them themselves but everybody else saw the beauty of my theme (laughs) but while we were staying inside of the um of the apartment while our house was being built um we had bought a smaller tree uh for the apartment so that we could still celebrate Christmas and so now we have two trees because i kept it and so the kids have their own tree which is kept upstairs and all of the ornaments that they've made over the years um and all the multicolored, you know or that goes up on that tree so i can still keep my theme y'all could say i'm petty shady whatever but i like a good theme like this year my theme is candy cane and so my tree is red white and silver and I just I love it. It's gorgeous. And, you know, if other people feel other, another way, that's OK. It's my tree, It's in my house and I'm the only one that has to look at it. Me and my family and my family loves it. So anyway, um, <laughs> but no, for real. So that's one of the um, the traditions that I carried on with j- decorating the tree the day after Thanksgiving. But um, the funny thing is, is Anthony and I talked about like traditions and holidays and everything uh, when we you know, had kids and what we would do. So, Anthony, on the other hand, he grew up believing in Santa Claus. And his parents didn't put presents under the tree until the day of Christmas. So, you know, it's not like they did over extra stuff. And I'm sorry, that's probably, like, the wrong way to say it. But I'm just saying they didn't go out of their way for him and his brother to believe in Christmas and and in Santa... Well, not believe in Christmas. Let me scratch that. But believe in Santa. They didn't go out of their way for them to do it. But, like, the little easy stuff oh put the presents out on Christmas Day and you know having them write a letter to Santa that kind of stuff they did so he grew up believing in it and I remember when we started like seriously talking about you know spending our lives together and everything and we were talking about holidays we talked about like Halloween and Christmas and so he grew up trick-or-treating I did not and so I was just like, well, I don't want our kids to go trick-or-treating either. So we had actually came up with an agreement, and the agreement was they were not going to participate in Halloween, but that they would believe in Christmas. And I say this that to this day that Anthony tricked me because now our kids do dress up for Halloween. And how it started was because um, when I was working as a site director for a before and after school program, um, at one of the elementary schools, they did this thing called Character Day, which I loved. And I, I'll say that I thought that whoever came up with this idea was, like, the best idea ever because for kids like myself who didn't get to participate in Halloween, like, I didn't believe in all of the stuff. And when, when I say I don't believe in it, let me be clear. Like, I believe that there is a real devil, <laughs> Um, but I don't believe that Halloween is his birthday. Like, I just, I think that's foolishness. But as far as, like, participating or celebrating in Halloween and what, you know, people have made it out to be, all of that stuff, that's not what it was for me as a kid growing up. All I wanted to do was to dress up play pretend because I felt like Halloween was the one day that everybody in the year kind of dressed up and played pretend together and I wanted to participate so I wanted to be able to dress up and of course who doesn't want to go and get some candy I mean most children love candy not all because I realized my son does not like candy and my husband was not a big candy fan either as a kid growing up but that's what it was for me and so anyways going back to character day so with character day they allowed the kids to dress up at school, but they had to bring a book, and their um, whatever they dressed up as had to be a character in the book. And I thought it was a great way for all children to participate because it wasn't that they were dressing up, even though for real, for real, they were dressing up for Halloween. The school didn't make it seem that way. So for children like myself whose parents were, like, strict on those kind of things or just, you know, really religious or whatever – that those kids could still participate because it was like you read a book, you read about a character, and you dressed up as that character. So anyways, our kids started participating in the Halloween festivities through the book, um, The Character Day. And then I remember one year, Anthony was like, oh, well, let's just walk around the neighborhood. Now, the kids were still really young. I think AJ <laughs> at this time was like maybe five months or something. Um, but AJ was like five months, and Skyland was <clears throat> going on too. And, you know, we're like, okay, we'll walk around the neighborhood and, you know, do trick-or-treating. The kids could not eat the candy because of how little they were. All of that got thrown away. But it was just doing it together as a family. Long story short, we now have the kids go out, buy their costumes, and they do trick-or-treating. Like, this past year, they left us. They, they just wanted to go trick-or-treating with their friends. I'm like, really? Are we are already at that point Where you don't want to go trick-or-treating with your mom and dad and you just want to go run off with your friends and do it. I can't. Like, I'm not ready for this. But anyways, I brought that up because the the whole um, deal that we had was no Halloween but yes Christmas. So anyways, the kids grew up, you know, not participating but believing in the magic. Or they are growing up because they're not grown yet. Anyway. Um, but they are growing up believing in the magic of tr- Christmas. And I never really had a problem with that because that's how it was for me. But that in itself has changed over the years where at first we were putting presents underneath the tree, like it was in my childhood. And then we realized that it was very tempting for the children. They would go underneath the, the tree, shake presents, trying to figure out what we got them. So Anthony was like, that's not cool. That's tempting. We should just wait till Christmas day to put the gifts out. So we started doing that. And there is one gift underneath the tree that we give to them from Santa. Sometimes it's two separate individual gifts. And then other times it may, if it's a really big gift, then the really big gift is to the both of them um, from Santa Claus. So I do have one gift underneath the tree. That was a tradition that Anthony and I started in our family. Another tradition that we started, you know, with just our immediate family, which we do with another um Family with what our with our friends is is that on christmas eve we dress up in our christmas pajamas all of us so like our family has a set of matching pjs and their family has a set of matching pjs and we watch christmas cookies and we watch christmas cookies lord have mercy we watch christmas movies and bake christmas cookies and so it's so much fun because we bake everybody's favorite cookies so there's like chocolate chip chocolate uh anthony only eats the sugar cookies And um, sometimes we'll make brownies, too, or pop some popcorn and, you know, either and have hot cocoa. So it's really nice. And so there's just little things like that that we um, that we do. And I'm bringing all of this up and talking about it because, yeah, it is the season to be jolly. And we're talking about things that you do around Christmas time. But going back to the beginning of (laughs) the start of this episode, was about the whole Elf on the Shelf situation. And what I come to realize is, is that, you know, I get it that everybody has their own opinion about certain things. I love doing Elf on the Shelf for my kids. I think I get more joy coming up with all the different antics, um, you know, that they do and than then the, then the kids. Uh, and I just say that because I just get I get joy out of it like they wake up like to me i'm I think to myself I'm like do they really still believe this or or not or you know am I just doing this for me or just because? But, like, they'll wake up and AJ will say to me, he's like, Mommy, did you see what the elves did? And I was like, no, what did they do? And I'll say, am I going to be mad? He was like, no, you're not going to be mad. They didn't do anything bad this time. I was like, okay. Or he'll say, yeah, Ma, I think you're going to be mad because they did such and such. He was like, come see. And so they're, like, really excited about it. And this year, you know, things have just been different because AJ's been traveling a lot to Chicago and everything. So, you know, Joy's been flying out to Chicago to spend time with AJ while Snowflake stays here. And, you know, some people will say, oh, my gosh, y'all are doing too much. Or if you watch my Insta stories, you will see some of the things that the elves do. And you'll be like, oh, my gosh, girl, like, I'm not going to do that. Like, listen, I have seen a, a former coworker of mine who posted something that her elves did at her house. And they wrapped the entire when I say the entire bathroom I mean sink faucet the toilet the tub like everything was completely wrapped in aluminum foil now I'm not saying I'm not ever gonna get to that level (laughs) right now I am not there but I mean, yeah, for some people, they would say, oh, she doing the most, but she's doing it for her daughter, for her child, for her child to be like, oh, my gosh. And I don't think that it is going out of our way to keep them believing. Like I said to Anthony, I said, for me, it's creating the environment for them to believe, you know, it's creating that that atmosphere, that space. And I wanted to talk about that because, yeah, I'm referring to Elf on the Shelf. I'm referring to, you know, uh, the magic of Christmas. But true enough, there is a biblical point to it. There's a word in that as well. Are you creating an environment for you to believe, for you to believe for the things that God has promised to you, for you to believe in the things of, of the dreams and the visions that you have? Are you creating a space for you to believe or are you allowing, you know, the your current situation, the reality of your current situation to basically block all of that out? You know, like I, and, that, and that's one of the reasons why I'm like you, you have to be careful about the people who you have around you or not even just the people that you have around you but the things that you allow yourself to see or to hear. Like I said, you know, what started this whole thinking process for me was seeing that GIF and or the meme, whatever you refer to it as. But seeing that I took offense to it because it was like, okay, it's fine if you don't want to believe. It's fine if you don't want to do that. That it's okay. But And you will call it crazy. And in the words of Pastor Michael Todd, it's only crazy until it happens. So you can say that it's crazy for, for those who go out of their way to do Elf on the Shelf. You can say it's crazy for those who will leave their job to start their business. You can say it's crazy for those who, you know, will uh, quit their job to write a book. You can say it's crazy for those who decide to, you know, get married after knowing a person for six weeks i mean but that's a whole nother level right there but you don't know if god told them that's the person that's the person like you could say that something that you see because it doesn't make sense to you is crazy but it's only crazy until it happens it's only crazy until they blow up it's only crazy until you see how far they go and see the blessings overflow in their life it's only crazy until that happens so but at the same time for that person who's stepping out on crazy faith that person who is stepping out on belief that person has to create an environment for themselves to believe, which means that they have to block out all of the distractions. They have to block out all the naysayers. They have to block out seeing, you know, seeing what is the current situation because that is only temporal and and see beyond that, you know, and, and be able to believe before they see. You know, people say seeing is believing. And, and we say that so often and so quickly and just let it roll off the tongue. But the truth of the matter is, is that you have to believe it before you see it. Because it's when you believe it that you see it. Because it happens in the mind. It happens up here when you think on something. You know what I'm saying? And you're like, it, it's a it's a vision. It's a, a dream. It's a seed that's planted in your mind, in your brain, to say that this is something that could happen. And you have to... Believe it before you see it so that you can see what you say because you have to start speaking it you have to start calling it out. What does the word tell us? Call those things that are not as though they are. You have to speak it. There's life and death in the power of your tongue. Are you speaking life to your situation or are you speaking death? Like honestly, if you find yourself in, you know, circling the wilderness of your situation where it's like, man, this is happening again over and over again. If you find yourself in this wilderness, you got to ask yourself, what have I been saying? Because you're going to see what you say. So If you're speaking life to your situation, then you're going to see things change. But if you are speaking death to your situation, then you're not. You're going to see the same thing over and over again. You have to change your speech. And your speech is what can set your atmosphere because if you over here speaking negative things, if you're over here speaking words of death, if you're over here speaking words that are not going to edify, build up and, and and propel you into the next level or propel you to the next stage of life or the next stage of things or into the next season, if you don't speak that, then you're not going to have that environment to foster the growing of your faith the growing of your belief, the growing of what it is that you're trying to see beyond what is right in front of you. So yeah, you guys are saying, dang, Hannah, you might be getting a little deep. I might be, but like I said, I think the whole situation of creating an environment for my children to continue to believe for as long as they want, I'm gonna do that. Because to me, it's teaching them that if you got faith to believe in this little little elf that comes around once a year during Christmas for like a total of however many days, and do all these little things, then you got faith to believe for God to do some stuff in your life. You got you have enough in you if you have the faith to believe in this little this little elf this little stuffed doll, then you have the faith in you to believe for God to move mountains. You have the faith to believe for God to to do something exceeding abundantly far above all that you could ever ask or think or imagine in your life and so I'm talking about this today because of the fact that there are people out there who need to create an environment for their belief they need to create a space where they can believe for the things and the promises of God because they are are available to you. The Word of God says that he knows the plans that he has for you, plans to prosper and not to harm you and to bring you to an expected end. So he has plans to prosper you. And prosperity doesn't just have to mean finances. It could be prosperity in your health. It could be prosperity. And and when I say health, that could be your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health, your spiritual health, prosperity in your family, breaking generational curses, you know, bringing families back together again, filling voids that were left there for a long period of time, healing scars that have been there for years, allowing you to go ahead and and move past those things and truly walk in in freedom prosperity for you to you know get that 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 dream job that you've been looking for prosperity for you to marry that spouse that you've been waiting off or for you to realize that in your singleness you are still blessed like Prosperity can mean anything, a multitude of things. You know, the word of God also tells us that he will supply all of our needs. Sometimes we are not realizing what we need in the moment. And God will supply that. But you're like, but that's not what I needed. That's not what I want. No, it's not what you wanted, but it is what you needed. And that's why God gave you that instead of giving you what you were asking for. Not saying that he was saying no to what you were asking for. It just means that right now is not the time for what you were asking for because it's not a disappointed time. That's going to come later. But there's some things that you need right now that's going to help you to get to where you're trying to be. You know, and I think a lot of times it's hard for us to grasp that understanding or to realize that okay we're asking God for this thing I was just having this conversation with a a friend the other day in regards to how you not only like okay Let me let me slow down because there's a lot in what I'm about to say, but I want to make sure that I get this clearly because there's this saying out there that says that if you are always ready, you don't ever have to get ready. And that's true. If you if you always ready, if you always preparing yourself, you don't ever have to get ready. And the thing is, is that there's a prepared place for a prepared person. Anthony is always saying that. But at the same time, as there is a prepared place for a prepared person, are you preparing yourself for the things that you're praying for? like I said that was a mouthful which is why I needed to slow down if you are always ready you don't ever have to get ready and in order for you to be ready you have to be prepared because there is a prepared place for you at the same time you have to be preparing what you're pre- oh, what you're praying for everything that I'm just saying is telling you that you have to prepare you have to be ready you have to be in the position to receive what it is that you are waiting for if God gave you a dream or a vision or a promise then that means that you are supposed to be preparing yourself for that just because he said he's going to give it to you doesn't mean it's just going to fall in your lap because you may not be ready to take that on that's why he got to take you through a process That's why he has to take you through some things. And when you're going through this process, you do need an environment of faith to believe because the process can be long. You don't know how long your process is going to be. It may. It's usually not instant. I could tell you that much. I mean, is he can he be an instant God? Can he just make a miracle happen at a drop of a hat? Of course he can. He's God. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. He's omnipresent. He can do those things. But is that usually how he works, or does he usually take you through a journey? And so I'm saying this because you, you're you going through this journey, and while you're on this journey, you're going to have your highs and your lows. And it's usually during those low moments that your faith begins to waver, that that whole unbelief tries to enter in, where the whole how long, when, Lord... This is, you know, am I on the right track? Am I doing the right thing? I don't see anything. When all of that is happening, that's when you got to watch what is coming out of your mouth, because what's coming out of your mouth is what you're going to see, which is why you have to create an environment of faith, an environment for your faith to thrive and not die. You have to create that atmosphere. You have to set the tone. You have to be the thermostat and not the thermometer, because the thermostat adjusts the temperature. You. You can adjust the temperature of your room and your environment you don't want to be the thermometer that changes to how the environment is so it's important for us to be mindful of those things it's important for us to make sure that we are creating an environment for our faith to thrive i hope y'all got something out of that i really do i mean it's interesting yeah you know i started off with talking about the elf on the shelf but my whole point of bringing that up is is the fact that to believe in these little things, there's nothing wrong with them. Because to me, I feel like it's training ground. It may be unorthodox to some, but again, that's my business. That's, it's my household. Whatever you choose to use in your household to teach your kids about believing in something is up to you. Do I teach my kids the word of God? Of course I do. Do I talk to them about talking to God and about building their relationship with him? Of course I do. But sometimes even for children, you know, that can seem like a big thing because God is a big God. He's a great God. You know what I'm saying? There is a lot to him for us to understand. But I feel like in doing these little smaller things, what may seem you know foolish to some like why would you have your kids believing in elf on the shelf why would you have your kids believing in uh, a santa claus bring i don't i really don't like i tell my kid i i don't feel that i go out of my way to make them believe by making up stories because i do realize that one day they are going to get old enough and they're going to catch on and they might turn back and look at me like mommy you've been lying to us all this time no I haven't because when my kids ask me questions, I'm like, well, what do you think? Do do you believe it's up to you? It's about you believing. And that's what I teach my kids. It's about you believing. Do you believe in it? Like, you know, the whole story behind Elf on the Shelf. If you touch the elf, it loses its magical powers. And my friends, we were keeping my friend's children over. And, you know, the oldest one does not believe in the whole Elf on the Shelf and she touched the elf and the elf lost, lost its magical powers. And so, you know, Skylin got a little sad and upset that her friend didn't believe. And I said, well, Skylin, it's OK. I said, do you believe? And she was like, yeah. I said, OK, then, then that's what matters. I said, it's just like how some people don't believe in God. You know, and but in those situations, for those who don't believe in God, you pray for their salvation. You pray that one day that they will come to know who he is and you continue to believe in him and you continue to talk about him and to tell your your friend or tell those who don't know about him, how he, you know, came and died for them, too. And so I use that as a teachable moment to her to just say, like, it's okay if your friends don't believe the same things that you do. That doesn't mean that you stop believing. You still believe as long as you choose to believe. And and I feel like it's little simple things like that that I can use to teach my to use as a teachable moment to teach my kids about faith and standing up for what they believe in. And the same thing on how they believe in the the magic of Christmas. This is how they can start to to strengthen their faith in knowing who God is and knowing that, that God is a real God. Like if you got the faith to believe in this whole magic and stuff, you got the faith to believe in a real God who really sent his son to die for your sins so that you may have everlasting life. You can use that same faith to believe in a real God that he is the supplier of all your needs, that you don't have to be anxious for anything because he will care he cares for you you know I'm saying he tells us to cast our cares on him because he cares for us he you can lean on him and trust on him and not onto your own understanding so he can direct your path you can go to him when you lack wisdom because he'll give it to you freely you you can trust in him and wait on him to renew your strength in those moments that you're feeling weary and these are the things in the conversations that I have with my kids but yeah I do start off with something so simplistic as like an elf on the shelf. So it's okay if other people disagree with my thinking and and my theology behind doing certain, you know, carry or carrying on certain traditions in my household or doing certain things with my kids. It's okay if you don't like it. It's okay if you sleep better at night knowing that you're not a house that deals with elf on the shelf. That's cool. But it's, it's mine, it's what I do, it's what Anthony and I do for our kids. It's a way for us to enjoy in the festivities and we have fun doing it. And I have to be okay that there's some people out there who may look at me and think that it's crazy and stupid and it's okay, you know. I'm going to try my best because I am human not to look at you and be like, oh, you too lazy to do it for your kids. I'm sorry. That was shade and that was petty. I'm going to take that back. I don't take that back because that's how I felt in that moment when I looked at that gif. So it had to come out at some point in time. But at the end of the day, I respect those who choose not to do it because you're not me and you do you. But I understand it, just like how you're doing you, I'm going to do me. And so to make fun of people who do do it, I just think that that's just a little petty. But you know what? I'm not going to let that get under my skin. I'm not even going to think about it anymore. After this episode, I'm going to be done with it. And I'm not going to talk about it anymore. But thank you for posting it because it did bring revelation to me. And I want to end this episode in saying, make sure that you are setting an environment for your faith. Make sure that you are setting an environment and setting an atmosphere for your faith to thrive and to grow and to make sure you are blocking out the haters. And when I say haters, I don't mean people who are hating on what you're doing, but I'm saying haters as in people who don't understand because is to me, a hater is someone who speaks on something that they don't understand and have no knowledge to. And so when you speak on something that somebody else is doing in their life and you try to put it down and make it seem like, oh, that's stupid, that's crazy, then you a hater because you ain't you don't understand because if you wanted to understand you would ask me why i do what i do or how i can have the faith that i have so it's okay and all i'm saying is is that to those people don't let them bother you because those are just distractions to you setting an atmosphere for your faith to grow and thrive and like i said in the beginning it's only crazy till it happens they going to look at you crazy until they really see you blow up and they really see what you're doing. Now, true enough, Elf on the Shelf, this is where it is, you know, the whole spiritual sense comes out <laughs> because like there ain't no blow up with that. But what I will say is a, a blessing to me with doing Elf on the Shelf is seeing the joy in my children's face every morning when they come wake up looking for where the elves are to find out what they did. That brings joy to them, which brings joy to my heart because I am creating memories in my household and memories for my children that when they look back on their childhood, they could say, I remember that my mom and dad used to do this. I remember Christmas back home and they will have happy moments and happy memories. How many people actually have that in their life? A lot of people, they don't have, you know, wonderful Christmas memories to talk about when they get older. So I want to make sure that I create that for my kids. So anyways, I'm done, y'all. Uh, I'm going to get off of my Elf on the Shelf soapbox right now. (laughs) But anyways, I hope you got something out of this episode. It is always my prayer that you do. And I just want to remind you to please, you know, if you're not already, follow me on Instagram. I share some stuff on there from time to time. (laughs) But if you would like to follow me, you can catch me on Instagram at Hannah's World 00. Or you can continue to send your listener letters to Hannah's World uh, zero zero at com. i'm also on facebook at hannah's world uh but really follow me on instagram because facebook i haven't updated in a while and and it's probably bad i should probably do better i need to do better you know what i'm gonna let this year roll raw i can't even say what i'm trying to say y'all i'm so sorry you know what let me stop y'all follow me on instagram when i get my life together on facebook i will let you know to come and check me out on there but for right now <laughs> Let's just be real and keep it with Instagram. Um, But until next time, peace out.